Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, Episode 4, Part 2 of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. Now, by the end of today's episode, you'll have answers to these three questions. Where do good leaders, business owners, and engaged personal brands start their marketing? I'll give you a hint. It's not where you think. Number two, what you need to get out of the way for more engaging marketing and stronger branding. And then number three, what hidden shortcut can you take to unlock more power in your marketing and in your branding? Thanks for being with me here today on the Brand Ed Podcast. This is where you can learn to build a life-giving personal brand and business. I believe the chaos and confusion around branding and marketing and business strategy, it leads to burnt out leaders, underperforming businesses, and life-draining brands. And the best way forward is for us to connect your branding and your marketing and your business strategy together in a way that you understand so you become a better leader, build a stronger business, and bless the customers you serve. If you haven't subscribed, I'd love for you to do that right now. You can do that on any of the places where you find the podcast that you love. We've been talking about the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. It's a framework that helps us understand and pull together our branding, our marketing, our messaging and copywriting, and connect those to our business strategy so that we're not running around feeling frazzled. We're not wasting time or money trying things that do or don't work to see if they do. We're not distracted by all of the opportunities out there to market or to brand. And we have a simple, clear roadmap for where we're headed, why we're headed there, and a confidence to know that this is going to work. So that's the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. We're in part two of that today. As we think about part two, if you haven't already, go back and listen to the previous episodes. That will catch you up to speed. Otherwise, you're jumping right in on the middle of a framework and you might be a little bit lost. So go back and listen to those first two episodes or first three episodes if you haven't already. And if you have, then let's dive in. I want to start actually with a warning that this step, part two of the framework, this may be one of the hardest parts of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework, and here's why. The reason why this is one of the hardest parts of the framework is because, honestly, if you're just a halfway decent leader, a halfway engaged personal brand, you're going to suffer from this problem. And it's what I call the nose nose problem. That's nose, K-N-O-W-S, right? Part of the problem is whatever you're in the business of, unfortunately, you know too much. You know too much about whatever it is that you do as part of your personal brand or your business. Even if there are those out there that may be more of an expert than you, compared to your customer, you know way too much about whatever it is you do. That's true of any halfway decent leader or business owner or personal brand. 
that's the nose problem. The second part, right? The nose nose problem is not K N O W S. It's N O S E, like the thing on the front of your face, your nose. The second nose is your nose is buried in the details too much, too often. You're just too close to this. It's the forest and the trees. This is what you do. Your business, your personal brand is what you do and think about it is your life. You're, you're in the details. You're in the thick of it day in and day out. And so that creates the nose nose problem. You know too much and you're too close. That's true. And you want that to be true of you if you are even a halfway decent leader. You're in this too much. You know too much. And the problem is, therefore, that's, that's what makes this step so hard. Part two of the framework is we are so tempted, therefore, because we know too much and because we're, we're in this day in and day out, a whole dump truck load of assumptions, we, we bring those with us all of the time. And we take those assumptions and we back up the dump truck. And, and honestly, most of the time, we dump that on our customers. Okay, we just back it up and dump it on the customers. Another way to think about it is you, the personal brand, you, the business owner, there's this subconscious equation that plays in our heads because if you're running a brand or if you run a business, your own business, there's a very good chance, again, you're moderately to wildly passionate about what you do, hopefully wildly passionate. In other words, you care deeply about what you do. You enjoy knowing and learning more about what you do. You enjoy being in the thick of it, being in the details, seeing this thing through. You have, you and I have, I I suffer from the same thing. It's the I care equals you care. So this is my personal brand. I help, you know, uh, others do whatever it is you help them do, copywriting, photography, coaching, whatever it is that you do. I care deeply about this. So that must mean you care or everyone cares deeply about this. So whatever it is that you do in your personal brand or in your business, there's a good chance you geek out about that. And you geek out about the features. You geek out about the details. You you geek out about the intricacies. There's a very good chance you have seen more, read more, learned more about that than any customer you will ever potentially have. That's very, very common. That's why they're looking to you. You're the expert. They need help. So beware of the nose nose problem. Beware of the, well, I care about this. So I'm, I'm assuming everyone else cares. And subconsciously, this just shows up all of the time in our marketing and in our branding and our messaging and our copywriting. I see it over and over and over again. In any of the clients I work with, any of the businesses or personal brands I coach or consult with, this perhaps is the number one issue. It's what I struggle with the most. This is what you do day in, day out. You know too much. Your nose is buried in those details. And so we get that. I care about it. You must care about it. An example might be, you know, you'll see language in marketing and in copywriting maybe an email that goes out around branding, you'll see examples like this. Our course, you know, our online course is the only one that covers H and I and J with five in-depth modules on J, whatever that is. 
insert whatever those individual pieces may be. It assumes that the customer cares about whatever J is enough that five in-depth modules on the course about whatever J is, that five in-depth models actually sounds like good news to them. And honestly, to a customer, it may or may not. It may hit a customer the opposite way. Like, oh my Lord, J is so complicated. It takes five in-depth modules. What we think is a turn on becomes a turn off because of the nose nose problem. Like, this is so cool. I geek out over this. Surely my customer, everyone else on the planet geeks out about this. Another example of how that shows up, it it might go something like this. We're committed to innovation. We've introduced seven new whatchamajabbers in the last year alone or in the last 12 months, in their last quarter or whatever. Again, that assumes that the customer cares that you've introduced seven new things over the last 12 months. But honestly, most customers, they're not in that world. This is not what they geek out about. And so the fact that you've introduced seven new whatchamajabbers It just blows right over their head. And therefore, it's wasted opportunity, wasted space, and kind of burned calories on their part if they stop to think about, okay, why do I care that you've done seven of those in the last year? I just need help with whatever it is you help customers with. Or maybe an example would be our algorithm is the most advanced on the market today, far more innovative than any of our competitors. Well, they may not even know who your competitors are, your customers. Your customer may not have ever (laughs) given a single thought to your algorithm or what the algorithm is. Again, they just want help. They want a problem solved, we said at that first part of the framework, or a possibility that they can't secure. That's it. They don't care about it beyond that at all. Most of us know this in theory, but in practice, man, we're bleeding out the nose-nose problem all the time. We're speaking from a paradigm or a framework that just says everybody cares about this as much as me. And unfortunately, no. That's why I said this may be the most difficult part of the framework. It's the fact that we are so in this that it's really hard to pull ourselves out of it. So the obvious question is, what do we do about that? What do we do about the nose-nose problem? Part of what we do is the previous episode. When it comes to marketing, when it comes to copywriting or messaging, when it comes to branding, we start with that customer. The customer who's over there on the left-hand cliff in our framework, who has a problem that he or she cannot solve themselves or a possibility that he or she cannot secure themselves. So the the solution is we're naturally going to want to start on the other side of the framework, on the cliff. We know we should start with the customer, but subconsciously we frame things from our perspective. So part of the solution is first you need amnesia. Once you have set whatever your business goal or business strategy is, We want to reach, I want to get my email list here. I want to sell, you know, this many, uh, I want this many sales for the, for the online course that I just launched. Uh, if you're an author, I want, I want to sell this many books, have this many events, be on this many podcast uh, episode interviews, whatever the business goal is. Great. Then you need amnesia because you need to go stop and start instead of starting with framing things from our perspective, we need to go and start with the customer first. What's the problem or the possibility? So here's a a story. There's a story of a 
guy who's a, he was a designer. This is when he was much younger. He's a pretty famous designer. And he was out in California at the time, actually in the early days of Silicon Valley. And he was at an event. And he was, so he was around other experts in branding and design. And he was chatting a little bit with a more established brand strategist and, and, and designer. And they were talking about, you know, life and design and that kind of thing. And as the conversation continued, this older gentleman asked the younger designer, he said, hey, tell me about your workspace, like where you physically work. Uh, is your, you know, where's your table? Where's your main desk? And so as the young designer described, well, it's here or whatever, the older designer goes, okay, great. And in answer to the question, the young designer was asking him, you know, what makes a great designer? What advice would you give me as someone who's an expert and, and been doing this for a long time? And that, that's what got the older gentleman to start asking him about his physical workspace. Once he described it, the older gentleman, his sage advice was, Hey, at your desk, because of the way it's situated, you can do this. At your desk, get up and go to the other side of the table. That's the best thing you can do for your career as a designer. Get up and go to the other side of the table. And then he just walked off. His point was, whatever it is you're designing, if you were working on a logo mark, if you were working on packaging, whatever you were working on as a designer... Stand up, physically walk around to the other side of your desk, to the other side of, of the table, and sit down now from the perspective of the customer. That is what we want to do. That's where good marketing and branding comes from. So we start with part one of the framework. From there, we get up, we go to the other side of the table. That's what makes part two Offering the solution, showing how you secure the customer's possibility that they can't secure themselves. It's much easier when you've actually stopped, had some amnesia, and started at part one of the framework. There's another story I mentioned in the last podcast, the uh, Lexus podcast that Malcolm Gladwell has done with Lexus. It's branded content. So, in other words, Lexus reached out and they're to, to see if. Malcolm Gladwell and Pushkin Industries would partner with them and and do like paid podcasts. So this is obviously to promote Lexus. But like I said before, Malcolm Gladwell does it. In general, I almost always love it. I just love the way he tells a story and shares a story. So in the third episode, it's a, a short six podcast on how Lexus creates their cars. It's really great branding. It's super well done. So in the third episode, Lexus is, uh, the headquarters are in Japan. And so but this was recorded before the pandemic hit. So Malcolm Gladwell and one of his engineers, they actually try, they, they uh, go over to Japan. Lexus hosts them. And in the third episode, he's talking to the chief engineer of the Lexus LC. Now, I'm not a huge car guy. I'm listening to the podcast, not because of the Lexus brand, honestly, but because of the Malcolm Gladwell brand. I'm a huge fan. I, I like his stuff. So I'm, I'm listening. He's over there. He's talking to the chief engineer of the LC. And he asks that chief engineer, this older Japanese man, he said, hey, if we blindfolded you, would you be able to tell if we sat you in the in in a Lexus LC? Would you be able to tell that from other luxury cars, you know, BMW, Mercedes or whatever? Well, of course, the engineer was like, absolutely, he would be able to tell. And as he explained why he stopped, he stood up, he went to a whiteboard and he drew a stick figure and he drew a stick figure that was seated with both legs sitting out on the ground, seated with legs extending out. 
And what he explained was then he started to gently draw the seat. His point was the reason he would know an LC when he sat in it is because most people design the car and then fit the driver in it. As the chief engineer, the Lexus LC, he started with the seated driver and the ratio of the hip to where the heel hits the ground when it's naturally extended, whatever that magical ratio is. He started there and then designed the car around the driver seated. Genius, right? It's genius. That's what we're talking about. Most marketing and branding and messaging, even subconsciously, we design the car and then fit the driver in it. We design the marketing message, the need, the what we're excited about, and we kind of fit our customer, shove our customer in there and, and convince ourselves, hey, this is going to be a great fit for them. Rather, when it comes to your marketing and branding, you want to take that second approach. You start with the customer and then you design the marketing, the, the messaging and the branding around him or her. Sounds simple. Sounds common sense. Again, I just see it over and over and over again. So this, this is like a habit. It's like a muscle that we have to build when it comes to our marketing, when it comes to our branding, when it comes to our copywriting and our messaging. It's a habit that honestly requires enormous intentionality over and over and over again, and really humility on your part and on my part as the ones creating the marketing or the copywriting or the messaging or the, or the branding. It takes humility because we get so excited. We're so ready to launch the course we've worked on for the last six months or whatever that we, we fail to go up there, draw the little stick figure and make sure all of this is designed around him or her, not designed around, I've spent four long months getting this course ready and I am finally just ready to get this thing launched and you're going to love it because, because I think you should love it because it's been so important to me. It's been my little baby. Well, again, from the customer's perspective, that's not the case. This is really a shift from we, we language to you language. This is a shift from us thinking about this from we perspective, insider, to you, customer perspective. Let me give you one little bit of practical advice. We'll talk some more about this in a future episode, but we've already said you're starting with part one of the framework, which is the customer. His or her problem they can't solve and the possibility they can't secure. That's where you start. You want to start there, soak in that, understand that. But here, I promised you, here's a hidden shortcut, a little gem for you that you can do. Here's a shortcut that helps you kind of get that amnesia and and really start to build that bridge that the customer will will come choose you to know that you can help help him or help her. So the hidden shortcut is label, spend some time thinking about this, and then you want to label the before and after emotion that your customer feels. Before, when they're over there on the left-hand side of the cliff, looking out there for someone to help them solve their problem, some solution to their problem, or help them secure that possibility, how does that make your customer feel when they're stuck over there on the cliff, looking out at that huge chasm going, I know there's a solution out there. I know there's a way to make that possibility to go grab it, to go secure it. I just don't know how to do that. How does that make them feel? And then now jump over to your side of the cliff where your brand, your personal brand or your business is over there on that side of the cliff. If they choose you, if they let you solve their problem, if they let you help them secure that possibility, how would they feel then? So this is a before and after emotion or feeling. An example might be maybe before they feel frantic. If they'll choose you, 
buy your product, your solution, whatever it is you're offering, they'll go from frantic to calm. Maybe they'll go from feeling out of control to feeling in command. You get the idea, but that is a super powerful hidden shortcut that you would then to start use in your marketing, in your messaging, in your branding. You, you're, you would start working that in over and over again. You're going to go from feeling out of control to feeling in command. That's, there's so much power in those emotions because those emotions are connected to our identity and how we feel about ourselves. Ourselves, myself is pretty important to me, just like you are pretty important to you. Probably a top, one of the top priorities for you is you. So when you can show someone you're going to go from feeling this way about yourself to feeling this way about yourself before and after, it is incredibly powerful. And it's a one great underutilized shortcut that's going to, you literally use that in your marketing. If you're writing a social media post, you're going to use that language in there. You're going to go from feeling this to feeling this. That's a super practical way to start to kind of develop amnesia, to get over the nose nose problem and to really connect with your customer. So that's part two of the framework. We don't start there. We start at part one. Part two is how do I articulate the solution that we offer to their problem, the ability to help them secure the possibility they cannot figure out how to secure themselves. It's part two of the radical empathy brand framework. And where many of us want to start is actually in part two, even if it's subconsciously. But we said, we're going to start with our customer. Then we'll, in light of our customer, we'll develop our marketing and our branding out of that, which is what we'll talk about in the next few episodes as we continue to unpack this simple seven-part radical empathy brand framework. So thanks for diving in with me today. I told you at the beginning that you would be able to answer three questions. Question one, where do good leaders or business owners or engaged personal brands start their marketing? Unfortunately, subconsciously even, most of us start our marketing. We frame things from our internal perspective, from the nose-nose problem. If you're halfway decent, halfway committed, halfway interested, that's where most of us start. Unfortunately, right? It takes an intentional effort to pull ourselves out of that paradigm and to reframe things from our customer's perspective. Although that should be simple, although that sounds like common sense, most of us start our marketing, our branding, our copywriting, our messaging from the wrong side of the cliff. The second question I said you'd be able to answer is, what do you need to get out of the way for more engaging marketing for a stronger brand? You need that amnesia. You need to become a civilian. It's like if you were in the military and finally for years and you finally retire and now you're just a civilian. It takes, you know, that's why there's programs for soldiers when they come back and they're done. They need to be reoriented on what it's like to just be a a civilian. I'll say this all the times with my clients. I am here representing the quote unquote normal person. You are not normal. Your customer is the normal person. You, for whatever it is you do with your personal brand, your business, you're the abnormal person. You're the one spending all your time thinking about this. You're the one that's put blood, sweat, and tears and money invested into this to get this brand off the ground, to get this business growing, whatever it is. They're a normal person. So what do we need to get out of the way? We need to remember what it's like to be a normal person or a civilian. And then I said, what hidden shortcut can you take to unlock more power in your marketing, in your branding? It's that before and after emotion that your customer will feel. What do they feel when they're stuck on that left-hand side of the cliff? And what will they feel if they choose you? Go after that before and after emotion 
Find out what that is, articulate that well, and that will bring enormous power in your marketing and in your branding. On the next episode, we're going to take a closer look at part three of the Radical Empathy Brand Framework. It's that first pillar that supports the bridge that's going to connect your customer to you and you to your customer. So I hope you'll join me on the next episode. In the meantime, I would love to connect with you. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. You can find me or you can find me on good old email, Robbie at RobbieF.com. That's R-O-B-B-Y, Robbie with a Y, Robbie at RobbieF.com. You can DM me on Instagram. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear your, your feedback. I'd also love uh, if you subscribed. Go subscribe to the Brand Dead Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review on iTunes that helps this get into the hands of more people and that can help other folks like you that hopefully are finding help and getting some relief as you're trying to build a brand that brings life to you and brings life to your customers. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes. Again, I've got a free resource in there if you haven't grabbed that yet. It's my top 20 website resources for 2020. These are the tools, the tips, the websites, the little hacks that I use all the time, every day when I'm doing this stuff day in, day out. And these are not resources that you have to be some uber, you know, talented designer or web web designer or programmer to use. These are what you can go use. You'll it will help you, you know, leap forward as you're trying to mess with your website, update it, keep it updated. So go grab that top 20 website resources for 2020. You can find that at my website, RobbieF.com. I'll also put a link to the Go and See podcast in there again that I mentioned with uh, Malcolm Gladwell and Lexus. I'll put a link to the episode I mentioned. And then there will also be a link in there to my recommended resources page. It's a treasure trove of resources, anything from books to productivity apps and lots, lots more. You'll find it on there. I'll put that link in there because that's a great place to go uh, grab some help and get some recommended resources. I hope to see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Brand Ed Podcast. And until next time, go and build a life-giving brand.